Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Rebound, kicked out to McKenzie Shippey. On the move, right in a runner from eight feet. No, Jackson snares down the miss and then puts it home for the right side. Jackson in double figures for Friends. And Friends comes away with a rebound and a chance to take the lead. 33-32, Emerlehu going for the lead from the left wing. Emerlehu with the triple. He's got nine, and the Falcons reclaim the lead. Welcome to the Friends Basketball Coaches Show from Walk-On Sports Bistro. Snares the rebound for Friends. Ahead, Barbary goes up, and he flushes it down. Barbary taking flight. Now here's your host, Pat Strothman. What's going on, everyone? Voice of the Friends Falcons here with another edition of the Friends Basketball Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. We are not broadcasting from Wacom Sports Bistro this week, and that is because of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs making it to Super Bowl 58. I am not going to be in Wichita this week, so we had to adjust on the fly, which is why we are doing this here today on Zoom with head women's basketball coach Dean Jaderston. Don't you worry, though. If you are trying to make plans for the big game, you should seriously consider Walk-On Sports Bistro. Make plans to go out there and be a part of the fun. I know everyone is doing some different specials because of the big game, so if you're looking for that game day atmosphere with great food with a southern twist, Walk-On Sports Bistro has you covered. And we appreciate the support of Walk-Ons all throughout this year here for the Friends Basketball Show. Well, here tonight we get a talk to Dean Jaderston, his team on a roll. Last time we visited, it was six consecutive wins. Now it's up to nine in a row, the latest win being a victory against Bethany on Saturday but first, we need to go back to the games a couple games ago, the game a couple games ago, and that was inside the Garvey Center against Bethany's rival, Kansas Wesleyan. The Friends Falcons getting a 70-43 win over the Kansas Wesleyan Coyotes. A big-time victory against K-Dub, and I would imagine it was a sigh of relief for Dean Jaderston to probably sit there and not have to look at a fourth quarter in which his team needed to score 30 points to pull out a, a pretty big-time win on the road. Game was tied going into the fourth, but this time around, a little bit different. Your team was able to execute all throughout the game and never really let off the gas pedal all the way through until the finish line. Your thoughts on the victory against the Coyotes that night? Yeah, it was probably one of the better starts we've gotten this semester. Uh, taking care of the ball early in the game seems to be the uh, secret sauce for us this year. If we take care of it, uh, we're, we're pretty e efficient on the offensive end. And we got some good looks inside. We, we had a couple made baskets on the perimeter. And um, I think our size played a, a major factor in that game, just being able to 
both on the boards and also offensively inside, as well as uh, um, teams uh, sometimes don't venture too boldly around the rim when, when Taylor Jackson's in the game. So it was a good start, and it was nice to be able to finish and, and just keep keep the consistency going throughout the game. We've had some ebbs and flows in different games, and I was really pl pleased with our effort from start to finish. Yeah, well, I think the big thing in the first half, defensively, you guys really set the tone. Kansas Wesleyan was below 30%. Yeah, some of those shots, maybe good looks there and miss, but your defense was able to challenge a lot of those shots. So you talk about fast starts. We 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 focus on the offensive side of the things. Uh, when you take a look at turnovers and maybe not getting the best shot attempts as you would like, but defensively to get that type of start, how encouraging was that in that game? Yeah, you know, that's part of the journey. Um, it's been part of that. One of the things that's been fun about the journey this year with this team, we, we got a lot of kids from different different places and different styles. Um, with the personnel we have, if we simply stay in our lanes, do our job, stay consistent, force tough shots and rebound, we're pretty hard to score against. I think we might be uh, number one or two in the conference and defensive free throw our defensive field goal percentage this year. And where we get in trouble is when players think they have to gamble, they have to get steals, then we foul, then we um, get ourselves distorted and we give up easy shots. But when we just play good team defense, everybody does their job. Uh, we force a lot of contested jump shots. And, you know, in today's basketball game, those are kind of the, the shot everybody's trying to shy away from. And if we can force those and then rebound, it's it's hard to score on us at times. And as we got early, got players early in the season, everybody was trying to prove themselves. Everybody's going for steals. Everybody's trying to make great plays. And now they're learning to trust that we got shot blockers behind. We got good pressure defenders on the perimeter. And if everybody does their job, um, we can have the kind of defense that gets us into deep into the postseason, hopefully. Head women's basketball coach Dean Jaderston here on the Friends Basketball Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. The Friends women's basketball team winners of nine in a row. They'll try to keep it rolling this week when they travel to Ottawa coming up on Wednesday. And we'll get coaches' thoughts on that here in just a little bit. Moving on to the game after Kansas Westland. It was a win against McPherson 85-58. Once again, another good start, a 25-15 first quarter. I know in that game uh, you guys were locked in from the get-go, and I know it's been a, a tough season for McPherson here this year. But anytime you go on the road and you're feeling good, and, you know, sometimes you look ahead when you get in rhythm. Sometimes you can take a look at someone's record and go, okay, you know, maybe we don't need to bring our A game. We can look ahead and – that's usually when you get in trouble, but your team was was locked in and incredibly focused in the win up inside the McPherson Sports Center. Your reaction to what you saw against the Bulldogs? Yeah, you know, sometimes when you get on a, a winning streak, we, we use the term slippage. That little things start to get away. Oh, we're winning. We don't have to worry about this quite so much. And one of the things this team has done so well all season is guard without fouling. Uh, teams rarely get 15 free throws against us in a game. And a lot of times it's been 12, 11, 10, even single digits this season. Against McPherson, we got off to an early lead. And then we all of a sudden started to go for steals and blocks. And 
I think they shot a season high 26 free throws, the most we've given up in any game this year. Um, that was a good wake up call for us that you have to keep working on the same things. You can't let up. You can't get sloppy because one game and one set of officials who are calling it a certain way and you don't make the adjustment and all of a sudden you're stuck. Um, and so that was our big takeaway from that game. When we don't foul, um, we're really, really good at the defensive end. And if you're going to foul and reach, you let everybody back in games. And and so that was probably the biggest lesson we took away from that one. We were able to get some kids some minutes. Our, our roster had shortened a little bit. Our rotation, I should say, had shortened a little bit in some previous games. We're starting to dial in for the end of the season and postseason. So it does shorten during there. But it gives us a chance to get some kids some reps and to try some different combinations that uh, we're going to have to have. You're always going to have an injury. You're going to have somebody who gets sick. You're going to have somebody in foul trouble. So we got to we got to work on some of those things as well and um, just keep the momentum going. Well, Lauren McIver, for the second time this year, a double-double with points and assists. She ends up with 12 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, that win – against McPherson. I feel like we, we, we feature her every single week, <laughs> and rightfully so, because watching her development and watching her progression has just been so incredibly fun for the sidelines watching her develop. And she did all that, too. And it's not like she's out there playing 35 minutes, 40 minutes. She did it in 22 minutes of action. So that's how you know that she's incredibly efficient. But once again, you got to look at some of the guards around her and some of the players around her. You got to make some shots. You got to make yourself available. And look, when things are rolling, things are rolling. But it, it helps when you have a point guard who can do all those big time things. So, your, your thoughts of what you saw with Lauren in that basketball game? Yeah, Lauren has, if you want to look at a player who's really transformed her game over the course of the year, she's probably the best example. You go back to our first three or four games, her turnovers were exceeding her assists. She was trying to figure out how to make that transition from a, a two guard or a wing to a point guard. And now she's the second leading assist getter in the conference, um, a couple double digit assist games. And she's playing, she's getting both points and assists within the flow of the offense. And um as she just allows herself to be the player she can be and let the game come to her, she's playing so, so well. She's she's shooting the ball well from the perimeter. She's getting to the rim. She's seeing her teammates, and she's directing the flow of the offense on the floor. Um, right now, when she's, on, when she's on the floor, things click. When she has to come out, we're still trying to figure out how we stay efficient in those situations. And 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 making sure that we get the right personnel on the floor when she's not in so that we, we do have some scoring punch because she's changing the game right now. It's the France Basketball Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. We're visiting with head women's basketball coach Dean Jaderston. Winners of nine in a row. Big week this week, though, going on the road to Ottawa and then a battle with one loss, St. Mary, and conference action on Saturday going to be a big time game hope you can bring that big time atmosphere coming up this weekend before we take a look at this week coach a recap of what we saw against bethany on saturday 75 66 truly a game of runs everyone says that about basketball sometimes it doesn't always play out that way but on saturday that was the case as bethany used to run the lead by 10 
at the end of the first quarter. You score the first 13 in quarter number two. Bethany answers with eight in a row. You get another run to close out the half to lead by three at the break. Third quarter, Bethany jumps ahead for a brief moment, but you use a lengthy run to close out the third. And then the fourth quarter comes down to execution. Bethany was able to trim the margin down to four. Technically, it was down to six, but ended up being four after a review of a shot that was made after the shot clock had sounded, but your team responded, never really flinched at that moment, and you guys get a, another big-time victory against a very, very impressive Bethany squad, which I kept telling everyone in that game on the broadcast, Bethany might have six conference losses, but you know one of the wins that they do have it's against Tabor, and so far mm-hmm. Bethany is the only team to take down the Tabor Blue Jays in conference action, so you know they're a good team. After watching a bit of film, what really stood out to you in that game against Bethany? We needed that game. Uh, Bethany probably, I would say not even probably, uh, has the most intense full court and perimeter ball pressure of any team in the conference. They they get out. They've got some guards who are extremely quick and can play physical. And and so uh, you, you've got to contend with that pressure. And often your half-court stuff gets a little distorted or you start in some places you're not used to um they're also you know when you come into the second time around teams have scouted everyone nobody is surprising anybody um they attacked a couple of our defensive looks really really well and and we needed to see that we needed to see how teams are going to try and adjust second time and then you got to make the adjustment mid-game and i thought we we did some good um we made some good adjustments going back and forth between some man and our, and some zone stuff. Um, we got some key contributions off the bench. Uh, Cassie Kinneberg played some phenomenal minutes. Um, Sadie came in, did a great job. Ashlyn had a couple of big buckets and, and defensive plays. And 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 uh, Jaden also um, just some timely energy and, and attack. She had a – it was a funny – I don't know if I've ever had in, in – um, uh, one game, two plays, one, we get the ball out of our hand with point one on the clock and we score it and it counts. And then within two or three minutes, we have another one that the ball <laughs> is in our hand for point one extra seconds, I think, and it doesn't count. So, but our kids are playing to the buzzer and, and they're not, they're not stopping and watching. Um, it was a really good game for us to get tested to all of a sudden say, Hey, this is how teams are exposing this part of us, or this is how teams are going at us. Um, this way, and, and now we get a chance to make some of those adjustments before we're we're in the conference tournament. So, uh, Bethany played a, a great game. They were well prepared and attacked us probably as well this semester as anybody. Um, but then again, I our kids. Lauren started a little bit slow and had some great minutes down the stretch. Uh, Taylor had a monster game. Ray had a great game. Um, I just thought we got contributions all the way around. Corey shot it well. Trinity shot it well. You can just go down the list, and and everybody contributed a little bit along the way. Well, you brought up the bench, and that's something I wanted to highlight a little bit more because this year you you did bring in some new pieces. I think we all know who's in the starting lineup with Trinity and, and Corey. Cassie Kinderberg being one of those upperclassmen that you want back in your program and someone who doesn't care about scoring, probably doesn't care about minutes. It's more so just about – about getting out there and contributing in those minutes that she truly has, but you try to blend in uh, Jaden Glasgow as part of this, and 
usually when you have those transfers, we, we've talked about this numerous times already, but it's so true because sometimes some get it faster than, than others. Others just kind of take a little bit of time really get in the swing of things. You, you brought up the energy. I thought that was the one thing that stood out to me with Jaden when she stepped on the floor. It was an immediate – she had a, a look, I believe, in the mid-range area, and mm-hmm. she didn't hesitate. She popped it and drilled it. And seeing that, I'm like, well, okay, well, she comes out. She's already guns ablaze, and this is what you want. And when you have such a, an intense Bethany team on the defensive side, you better be ready to go out there and fire. You don't want to be a, a scared of them. If, if you are scared of that defense, that's when it could really come back to bite you. But I felt like with Jaden, as good as Sadie was and Ashlyn and, and Cassie, Jaden, I felt like that was – by far and away her most impressive game coming off the bench so far this year. Yeah, I, I think she's had a couple. I go back to our very first uh, K-Dub game, and, and Jaden was a, a catalyst in that game and just changed the speed of the game. And she does that for us. She she plays with such uh, fearlessness and quickness that um, it forces teams to either guard faster or make quicker decisions, and, and that opens up the floor. Um so yeah, she she came in, she hit that, she hit a three. Um, I think both of those in the first half, and she gets that one at the end of the third quarter. Um, just playing hard, just playing hard, and taking making the most of each opportunity that she gets. Uh, sometimes with our rotations, um, she has to play an undersized wing, and sometimes she plays a guard, and and then who knows where else I'm going to throw her in. But if I feel like the game needs to speed up, we want to get Jaden in the game, and and she'll make that happen pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, one more thing that we got to talk you, you talked about, Taylor Jackson, how good she was after the game on Saturday. You, you're you quick to, to bring up, and that's she finished with 20 points, 11 rebounds, did it in 20 some, 27 minutes of action, and you immediately brought it up like, well, hold on, quarter number one, I don't think like it was a good first quarter for, for Taylor. I, and I think that's probably been the most impressive part about Taylor this year, Coach, and maybe this is – Maybe this is the upperclassman version of Taylor compared to being an underclassman. You you brought up the example with Lauren McIver about how it's on to the next play, you forget. Taylor, it was – I can't remember what game it was, but it was in the third quarter. It was a high, couple of high-low passes that were just miscommunications and just misconnections. They result in three turnovers. And what did she do? She calms down. She settles in and says, all right – that that happened. I'm going to lock back in, and I'm going to power my team to a victory. That's got to speak to the growth of Taylor this year compared to the previous couple of years when she was a freshman and a sophomore. You know, there's so many stories within the story and things that happen, and and um, going back to last season, uh, we went through a really tough stretch in January and got some people back healthy, and we're trying to get ready for the. Uh, last couple weeks of the season, but then the conference tournament and the team had this motto next play tough. Um, We just got to be the toughest team in the next play, leave the past behind next play tough. And if you're around our huddles and games, something would happen. You'd hear kids coming back to the huddle, you know, next play tough, next place tough, you know, put it aside and, and it carried us all the way through the tournament. And I think the seeds of that have carried on this year, that that's how this team has played. Um, a bad quarter doesn't define us, uh, a missed shot or, 
Um, a turnover doesn't doesn't define it. Next play, next play tough. And that mentality, I think Taylor has uh, epitomized this year in a way um, that's drawn it out of her teammates as well. Um, she'll miss, you know, what we what we laugh. Um, um, she she uh, every game will get one basket on three offensive rebounds that she misses the first, gets the next, but it doesn't phase her. Um, crowds don't phase her. Um, she and Ray, I think, get hung on and pushed and and manhandled sometimes in ways that don't get called that I still can't figure out. And they've refused to let that define them and get them down. It's next play, next play, next play tough. And um, I thought last night's game was a perfect example of that. She didn't have a good first quarter and came into the second quarter. I was like, okay, here we go. And everybody jumped on her back and she took us all the way to the end. Well, coming up this week, Coach, you have two games, one on Wednesday, one on Saturday. Coming up on Wednesday, you have a road trek to Ottawa, and hey, four of the next five are on the road, so you're going to get challenged in, in that way. The first part of the KCAC season was a little bit more, hey, this is what we got at home, but here we are now, four of the next five on the road, and it starts inside Wilson Fieldhouse, and anyone who has ever been in that building, someone is in the conference, one of the broadcasters is uh, is in the conference for the first time, and he reached out and goes, is it always that loud? I'm like, it is always that loud. You could have 10 people in that gym, and it sounds like there's 5,000. It's always incredibly loud. And Ottawa's one of those interesting teams. I know the Braves have dealt with a little bit of injury issues, and, and they've been having to adjust with that as well. But this Ottawa team's a really sneaky team this year in the KCAC, especially if you're not going to bring it. So what really stands out to you about this game coming up on Wednesday? Yeah, you nailed that. Ottawa's one of the hardest places to play because nobody can hear you coach. So your kids have to be ready to go, and they got to be able to make adjustments on their own. Um, it's actually the our kids' least favorite days of preparation because uh, we play a soundtrack of what it sounds like in, in Ottawa's gym the whole practice because you don't realize how much ambient noise is there all the time and how that can weigh on you if you're not prepared for it. Um, and then they're a talented team. They, they are skilled individually. You're right. They've had so many different lineups this year, so trying to gel, um, especially with the new head coach, trying to get all those pieces to fit. But on any given night, they're scary. Um, they were up on Ottawa, I think, three with – or uh, up on St. Mary, I mean, with three with a minute to go. Mm-hmm. And have played teams tough everywhere they go. So it's a, it's one of those uh, we've got to be prepared for. Our girls have to be prepared to be resilient with themselves. they got to communicate probably better than they do anywhere in the conference. And uh, But at the same time, we – we have played well there in the past, so our kids are pretty confident, especially as you come down the end. I think it's a, it's a back-to-back years. We beat them there during the postseason, and and so our, our kids play with a lot of confidence down there. We just uh, we got to do our stuff and make sure we don't get distracted by all the other things that happen and, and noise and other effects and um, make sure we're not looking ahead to Saturday. Yeah, speaking of Saturday, you get the St. Mary Spires, and simply put, St. Mary's got one conference loss. I don't think there's any anything else to say <laughs> really about yeah. St. Mary. They've they've been they've been great this year. I know they've 
they've had some close calls, and, and Andy Kelly will tell you that they've had some close calls, and maybe his team hasn't played the, at the highest of levels at times this year. feel like you can say that about anyone, though, in, in the history of college basketball. If you play perfectly every single game for the entire course of a season, then you might as well be named national champions, you know, right away because mm-hmm. most teams don't do that. But there's no doubt St. Mary, just, just what they have personnel-wise, it, it is it is a tough matchup for for pretty much anyone. Uh, with Alliance Delgado and, and Paige Penley, they, they don't really have a ton of size. But, boy, that dribble-drive offense can, can really kill you. And if they're locked in from beyond the arc, it is a nightmare to try to slow them down. So it was a close – well, it wasn't a close game the first go-around. It was a rough start for, for your team. But I would imagine going into this game, it's a way different outlook compared to what we saw in the first go-around. Yeah, you know, we we were such a different basketball team when we played them the first time. And, um, you know, we, we started slow and got worse, not better. Um, it's... It's one of those you watch us you watch that first game and it's like who is this team even that that was out there and so our girls um are looking forward to that one that's why I said we can't look past it on Wednesday they want to redeem themselves and, and show what kind of team they really are um they they're dangerous you know and you got Sims and they bring a couple of shooters off the bench and um they'll put five people on the floor who can score so you can't you can't help off people you can't you can't just guard five on four. You've got to be prepared. You've got to stay in front. Um, that's probably the number one thing. If we can stay in front and not get turned and our hips opened up and allow drives to the basket, uh, you can contain the dribble drive. But if you're opening up, they're so good and they move so well without the ball. Um, yeah, they're they're a t- they're a handful. So they've been living dangerously. Sterling almost got them, and Ottawa and Bethany and. Uh, there's been some other teams that have been right there. So um, hopefully uh, we can get through Wednesday, get stay focused, stay healthy, and then turn our attention Thursday to, to Saturday's game. But you got to take care of Wednesday first. For sure. All right, Coach, why as I get ready for Super Bowl 58, you going Chiefs? Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's When you've been there before, it's completely different. Uh, so they've got the experience. They They know how to handle all the hype and the – Stuff that goes on, but uh, it should be an awfully good game. For sure. And I can only imagine what the, the, the snack spread is going to be at the Jaderston household this week. And I'm sure it's going to be uh, a great time because I, I know how you do parties. So I'm sure it's going to be. It's going to be a great time for sure. Yeah, we'll have some players out. We'll have a good time. <laughs> good stuff. All right, Coach. Best of luck this week. Thanks. Dean Jaderston, head women's basketball coach at Friends University here on the Friends Basketball Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. The Friends women's basketball team, nine consecutive wins. They go for double digits coming up on Wednesday at Ottawa at 6 o'clock. Then on Saturday, a return trek back to the Garvey Center, one of just two home games left, and then uh, hopefully a KCAC postseason tournament game in the first round inside the Garvey Center. But that's still got six games left and have to handle some business to make sure that they finish in the top four. But that game coming up on Saturday, big one against St. Mary, a one-loss team in conference play. One o'clock is the tip-off time for the women's game. Come out, support the team, make it incredibly loud for a big game. 
bring that big game atmosphere coming up on Saturday. Well, that does it for us here today. Uh, fortunately, not at Walk-On Sports Bistro, but I will be thinking of them and try to figure out what their spread's going to be like for the big game coming up this weekend. I can promise you one thing, out there on Mays Road, they will have a ton of TVs. There's not a bad spot in the house. The food is always excellent. With that southern twist, I'm a big guy who likes a little bit of extra spice, so the southern twist is a wonderful thing. And they have so many other things as well. Go out and check out Walk-On Sports Bistro out on Mays Road. Well, that does it for us here today. On behalf of Dean Jaderston, I'm Pat Strothman saying so long. We'll be back from at Walk-On Sports Bistro next week. Thanks for watching and listening to another edition of the Friends Basketball Show on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM.